0: Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no-bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hey there, Ghosties. In this episode, I'll deliver your astrological weather report for the week ahead. Every Sunday, I help you prepare to navigate through life's ups and downs and provide you with practical insights for planning ahead and staying on top of your game. And don't forget to hit subscribe whenever listening to this podcast or just mark your calendars because every Wednesday I'll be back with a live, in-depth reading with a listener. Maybe it'll be you. So sit back, relax, and get ready to get astrological. Welcome back to Ghost, where we get astrological uh, because we care about ourselves, yes, but also because we care about the world, right? Am I right? Okay. So this week there's very important shifts happening astrologically, right? We're looking at the week of March 5th through the 11th of 2023. So giddy up, get your pen and paper if you're a note taker. There's going to be a lot to to keep in mind this week. And before we get into the astrology, I'm going to get some little details out of the way the first is if you want to be tracking the transits in the same way that I do you can use my astrologers pro tool astrology for days to track the transits and your predictions and notice what happens for you with them because that my friends is the best way to learn astrology is to just experience it real time and keep track of what you're learning and if you want to get ahead on the month i hope you join me over on patreon where we'd like to keep it pretty woo And also I drop a bonus episode of Ghost of a Podcast once a month on the first of every month where I lay down the astrology of the month ahead, what to expect and how to cope. Finally, I hope you aren't missing out on the midweek episodes that I've been dropping, which are readings. Not only is it fun for me to get to offer free readings every week, but also it's the best way to learn astrology is to experience it in action, not just hear theory about it. Theory is great. But practice, ooh, that's, that, that's where we get into the good stuff. And so if you're an astrology student, it's a great resource for learning. And if you're simply trying to learn more about yourselves, the very cool thing about astrology is we are all made up of the same 12 zodiac signs, the same 12 houses, and the same 10 planets. There are so many variations on what that means. But at the end of the day, the reason why astrology is so relatable is is because we are all made up of the same stuff. We just have it organized real different. You know, it exists in different contexts, but we are we are connected and I love that interconnection. Anyways, let's get into your horoscope. Again, this is looking at March 5th through the 11th of 2023. On the 6th, we have an exact sextile between the sun and Uranus. Now, this transit is absolutely lovely. The sun is our identity, our will, our sense of self. It's what we want to be seen for. And Uranus is exciting and individualistic, which, you know, can be a positive or a negative depending on the context. But when it's a sun sextile to Uranus, the opportunity that we have to identify who we are, what's authentic for us, and to be willing to take the chance to just like, be like, okay, fuck it. Whether or not other people like it or expect it, this is how I am. This is how I feel. It's, it's just strengthened. you know. The sun sextile to Uranus is an excellent transit for trying new things. And this can be really subtle or really dramatic or anything in between. It's a great time for experimenting with your energy, with your approach, with how you hold things, right? Which makes it a good time for creative projects, taking risks at work, meeting new people, friends, lovers, whatever. You know, if you moved into a new neighborhood and you're like, I really want to say hello to my neighbors, this this is your moment. You know, go and knock on a door. Say, hey, neighbor, what's up? The sun sextile to Uranus means that everyone is in a more open state, which is great. Uranus is a little eccentric. Uranus is a little of a, a weirdo, which we love here at Ghost of a Podcast. So, any kind of experimentation, sexual, artistic, structural, identity-based, like anything, like on any level you can think of it, this is a good transit for it. Uranus will often bring about things that are unexpected and that we just didn't account for, which can be disruptive when we're going through more challenging transits. But when it comes to this kind of a transit, what it tends to feel is exciting. Like, oh, wow, I thought that was a wall, but it's a door, you know, that kind of a thing. So Be open, be adaptable, be flexible if you can, because the more you work with this energy, the better it will be for you, right? So things might not go according to plan. And this is one of those times where I'm like, yay, cool. What will happen next? Try to be curious. Try to be open. And at the very least, interrupt your own habits and routines. You know, when you go to work, do you always carry your bag on your left shoulder pick it up and put it on your right. Live a little, you know, interrupt your habits and see what shifts from there. A lot of times when we're in relationship, any kind of relationship, when we hold the energy of our part to play in a different way, new things can come through. It on an energetics level leaves room for people to behave differently as well. And that can be really spectacular. It's not easy per se. But under a transit like this, there's more energy supporting us in dynamically shifting our energy. And we may find that other people uh, follow suit. So it's it's low risk, high reward that it's not a single negative thing about this transit. Not one. Isn't that fun? You know when a triple Capricorn can't find a single negative thing to say about a transit, it's good. So wonderful. Yay that brings us to the 7th. And on the 7th, this is where your horoscope gets intense because we have two major events. The first is the full moon in Virgo that is happening exactly at 4.40 a.m. Pacific time. I'm going to tell you all about it in a moment. And the other thing that happens on the 7th of March is that Saturn moves into Pisces. Now, if you heard my 2023 year ahead forecast, which if you haven't, I'm not sure what you're waiting for. Giddy up go listen to it you can read the transcript on my website so i've definitely talked about it there but we're going to we're going to get in depth here as well right so we've got these two major things happening on the 7th so i'm going to start with the full moon and then we're going to get into saturn so first of all a full moon always happens when the sun and moon are exactly opposite to each other by degree and sign and when full moons occur it's an ending it's a closure right? And here's the thing. Every ending is a beginning, period. And it's so tempting to focus on the loss inherent in endings. And honestly, I don't think that's like a wrong thing to do. But within each ending is an opportunity to identify what's beginning or what's yet unknown, what could possibly be. So when we're dealing with a full moon in general, what we are meant to be dealing with is the feelings, the moon, right? The moon governs feelings, the feelings of a cycle coming to a close. But as we do that, we can still be cognizant of the opportunities that exist right on the other side of our ending. When the moon is full, is not a good time for manifesting. It's not a good time for uh, calling things in. And I will remind my beloved witchy girls and gays, this is not a time for charging your crystals. It's a time for clearing your crystals under the moonlight, right? Because we're, we're releasing in a full moon. We're calling in during the new moon. Okay. Now, the tension between a moon in Virgo and sun in Pisces, which is what we've got here, is so much to do with the tension of how we manage our spiritual and creative wellness through our behaviors, through our self-soothing behaviors, through our habits at home, right, around like sleep and eating and general self-care. So this is kind of a tricky full moon for a lot of people with these signs because so many of us are pretty, you know, waist deep, if, if not more, in habits that don't support our innermost Wellness. We humans, (laughs) we're, we're such jerks to ourselves. And so this full moon is an opportunity for you to really notice what feels bad and what feels good. And instead of being like, oh, fuck, things feel bad. That is bad. Trying to notice what habits you have and that you're choosing to engage in that don't support your wellness. Within that, you can make a decision to, you know, change. That's why the moon renews itself every damn month, to empower us to make emotional changes, which are often foundational to behavioral changes. Now, this full moon is forming a T-square to the planet Mars, and it's wide. So we've got the moon at 16 degrees and 40 minutes of Virgo, and Mars is at 21 degrees and 48 minutes of Gemini. When we have Mars so prominent in a full moon chart, what we know is that passions are on the rise. This may mean you feel some kind of way and then you are impatient with yourself around the situation and that gets you to act out against yourself or others. Taking action that is ill-considered is a high risk this full moon. And the reason why you, me, or anyone else would do that is because we have Too difficult a time sitting with our own activation, right? So Mars is related to the body. It's related to embodiment because it's the body. It is, as I said, passion. It is anger. It is frustration. It is excitement. It is getting things done. It is taking things for yourself, making things happen. It's related to entitlement and the ego. It's also related to ambition and again, activation. And so many of us have such a hard time with any or all of those feelings. And so when we get too activated, what do we do? We project out, we act out as a way to distract from those feelings. So your ability to sit with your emotions when they're hot is going to be tested this full moon. And you may be a perfect angel with an incredibly well-adjusted relationship to those feelings, but that doesn't mean that you're not gonna be in a roommate situation or walking down the street or whatever else with a person who's just coming at you with their Mars all out of whack and, you know, act out. In which case, again, you are accountable for how you defend yourself how you manage the feelings that come up in you when someone else acts like a huge dick. So expect tempers to be kind of intense and you want to apply this in a way that makes sense for you. So there's a couple ways of thinking about this. One is if you're somebody who tends to run pretty angry, That doesn't mean that you're going to be angrier. It might mean that you are angrier or it might mean that you're actually used to experiencing and managing these emotions. If you're somebody who never really gets angry, you may find yourself feeling really sad or quick to jump to victimization feelings, right? You might feel like you might start martyring yourself in a situation. So you want to pay attention to how you react to these energies so that you can be more intentional with your responses, right? Because our reactions and our responses do not need to be the same thing. Often they are. And sometimes that's fine. And a lot of times it's really wise and healthy to be able to sit with our reactions, our emotional and physical, you know, sense-based reactions and stay with it so that we can better understand it. And from that place, be more intentional and hopefully mature about how we will respond to our reactions and the situation at large. Much easier said than done in general, and certainly this full moon because of freaking Mars. Freaking Mars. Now, let me add a little extra complexity. This full moon happening again, 440 AM Pacific time, is happening when Saturn is at 29 degrees and 59 minutes of Aquarius. That is as late degree as we get. So this strengthens the force and presence of Saturn. If you are going through a Saturn transit currently, if you have something at around zero degrees of Pisces or 29 degrees of Aquarius in particular, but you know, we could go further out from there as well, Those transits are likely to be particularly intense this full moon. Additionally, we may see major developments in the world as a result of ongoing issues related to technology, the need for social distancing, or any other Saturn in Aquarius theme that has been prevalent over the last two and a half years that Saturn has been in Aquarius. Okay, so we want to pay attention to the world and it's harder to pay attention to the world for most of us when we're in our feelings, when our personal lives are all lit up or we're having kind of mental or emotional health stuff. And so, you know, do do what you can do, what's healthy for you. But I do want to encourage you to pay attention to what's happening in the world this full moon because it feels like a consequential one. Now, let's add to that that Mercury, the sun and Neptune are all in Pisces at the same time. Jupiter, Chiron, and Venus are all in Aries. So the reason why these things are important. The first is Pisces. There's a lot of Piscean energy that is happening here. And Neptune is at 24 degrees of Pisces in 47 minutes. It's forming a square to Mars as well. Again, it's not an exact square, but it is forming a square to Mars as well, which really strengthens our Piscean vibes. And in the context of this full moon, in the context of the square to Mars, it strengthens our need for boundaries. And while it's strengthening our need for boundaries, it is also strengthening our likelihood of being paranoid, insecure, or slipping into martyred behavior or scapegoating behavior, depending on your nature. So you may martyr yourself or you may scapegoat other people to make yourself feel better, right? It All depends on your nature. And this is especially true for you if you have planets in one of the mutable signs, which is Virgo, Pisces, Gemini, and Sag, at around anything from like 15 to 20 to 23 degrees, right? Anything in that, in that chunk is really going to be activating your birth chart. Now, this may sound really intimidating, and honestly, it may be a real pain in the ass. I'm not going to lie to you. But having healthy boundaries is hard. Most people who have excellent boundaries still struggle with boundaries because I can have the best boundaries in the world, but if you feel funky when I have a boundary, then we have a thing, right? It's a thing. Now we have to deal with it in our relationship. So I say this because you don't have to be perfect at boundaries. You don't. Other people don't have to have the perfect reaction to your boundaries. All you got to know is your boundaries are yours to identify, yours to communicate both verbally and with your actions, and yours to maintain. Nobody else's. This is a really activated time. It's a very activated full moon. And you know full moons are already activating. They're already really emo. That means that it's harder to have boundaries or keep them. Some people may feel like they're having boundaries and they're just being bullies, right? Mars, that's a real risk here. And speaking of Mars, we have that Jupiter-Chiron-Venus conjunction that is happening here still uh, in Aries. And Aries is the zodiac sign. That is ruled by Mars. So we have this kind of nice uh, reception of energy, which strengthens the Mars aspects in this chart. So my friends, my loves, watch your ego. If it's too small or if it's too big, those are equally tricky problems to deal with. We all have work to do on ourselves, in our relationships, and as well in how we engage with the world. So you're going to learn some things about what you need to work on. And you don't need to compare it to who you think you should be or how you think other people are behaving. Just accept where you're starting from in this moment so that you can mobilize from this place or not. But I will say all this Piscean energy, it wants us to turn within. But everything else, like everything else in this full moon chart, wants us to activate, to think big picture, and to mobilize. So we want to lean on that Virgo moon to discern the right approach, the right pace, the next best steps. Sometimes we're not going to find the best steps, but the next best steps that we can do. We can almost always do. So lean into that Virgo moon, whether it's to help you to achieve some measure of closure or to process what comes next. This is not a particularly good full moon for doing any kind of consciousness raising drugs. So if that's something you're planning, I would advise you not to. But, you know, you do you, right? You do you. Okay, my loves, that's the full moon. Let's get into Saturn and Pisces. The Biden administration and Interior Secretary Halen have moved closer to approving ConocoPhillips' Willow project in America's Arctic. A final decision will be made on Willow by early March of 2023. It's important that we take action now. Willow is an $8 billion oil and gas project The Environmental Review says that Willow would open up an estimated 629 million barrels of oil and produce up to 287 million metric tons of CO2 over the next 30 years, equivalent to the annual emissions of over 76% coal-fired power plants. ConocoPhillips has told investors that approving Willow stands to open up three billion barrels of oil previously inaccessible to the industry, more than five times the estimate used to evaluate Willow's environmental impact. Visit stopwillow.org to sign and send a letter to the White House and Department of the Interior and speak out on social media to help. That's stopwillow.org. Saturn enters into Pisces on March 7th, 2023, and it will stay there until May 25th of 2025. It'll go into Aries, and then it'll just about, not exactly, but just about conjunct Neptune at that time in Aries, which is a massive deal. We're not going to overthink it. We want to stay present instead of get too locked into the future, but mark that date (laughs) because it's going to be a biggie. And then Saturn will uh, retrograde back into Pisces on September 1st of 2025 and stay there until Valentine's Day of 2026. So buckle in, Saturn and Pisces is here for a serious hot minute. Before I get into all the details of Saturn and Pisces, I want to say a couple things about Saturn. The first one is look at your birth chart. Wherever Pisces, and in particular, early degrees, the first, you know, five to seven degrees of Pisces exists in your birth chart, is the part of your chart that's going to be lit up right now. So if you're not using equal or whole sign systems, then, you know, that could be in the middle of a house, it could be at the end of a house, the beginning of a house, nobody knows, you have to look at your birth chart. And don't forget to pay attention to the numbers because astrology is math. So you want to pay attention to that. Now, if you have any planets in a mutable sign, right? And again, mutable is Pisces, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Gemini. Then you are going to have transits from Saturn somewhere in this two and a half year cycle. That is something to pay attention to. Now, most of you've heard of the Saturn return, but Saturn can aspect any planet in your birth chart. The Saturn return happens once every 29 years, but there are plenty of other transits that Saturn can make to any planet in your birth chart right? So we want to be on the lookout for that. Now, the internet is going to be full of what it means for your sign that Saturn is in Pisces. You're going to see lots of those articles and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, and I know a lot of you want to know about that, but I want to say that's an overly simplistic approach to what we're really experiencing because, you know, Saturn in Pisces might be really lovely for your sign. Absolutely. For instance, Taurus, Capricorn, great, lovely. But you may have a bunch of planets in Virgo that are going to be opposed by Saturn. So it might not feel that lovely to you. We always want to pay attention to the full picture of our birth chart. If your study and use of astrology is advanced enough, I do encourage you to look at where the planets fall in your birth chart, including your midheaven and ascendant, and see if Saturn's going to be doing anything and when. When it comes to Saturn, Saturn in any sign, doing anything, Saturn loves preparation. If I've said it once, I've said it a million times. Saturn is Mary Poppins, here to heal your daddy issues, take care of your inner child, and help you to find the magic in life while also taking care of business and being responsible. That's fucking Saturn, right? In its healthiest form. So prepare. You can always prepare for Saturn transits, but not by being scared. That's not preparing. Okay, let's get into it the transit of Saturn in the zodiac sign of Pisces will test what we believe. It will test our relationship to reality. That's a big part of what Saturn in Pisces is about. We will absolutely have our sense of reality tested. Now, this is as individuals as well as a collective. And we're already there. We're already really struggling as a collective with identifying what's real. Right? What's true and what's not? Propaganda, conspirituality, misinformation, disinformation. I mean, they're at an all time high, all time high. And so, this is a time, Saturn and Pisces, where that is likely to become much more consequential. Saturn itself is consequential, right? We are living through a time where life is hard. Our reality as humans on this planet often feels fucking apocalyptic. So much of Saturn in Pisces is about dealing with escapism, fatalistic thinking, saviorism, and other fantasies, right? Saturn in Pisces can bring up anxiety as a response to harsh realities, which, I mean, sounds just human on its own, but Saturn is depression and Neptune Pisces is more anxiety. So Saturn in Pisces can be really anxiety-provoking or have us having a depressive anxious response to the harsh realities that are life oftentimes, right? In coping with Saturn in Pisces, what we want to do is we want to strive to be realistic and to take a material approach, which is very Saturnian, like a material step-by-step approach to supporting our spiritual and innermost wellness. And so what this means is we don't want to be Piscean in a way where we are just like escaping our reality as a way to cope with our reality, pretending that our reality isn't what it is as a way to process it. We don't want to do that part of Piscean energy. And we don't want to do the Saturnian thing where we're just like, fuck your feelings, fuck your needs, just power through. That's not the move either. What we want to be able to do with this Saturn in Pisces transit. Is create rituals, habits, and lifestyle choices that support our beliefs, our spiritual values, our wellness from the inside out. And Saturn and Pisces absolutely can be a time where we achieve that in various ways as individuals or as a collective. Saturn, you want to keep in mind, governs reality, discipline rules, obligations, structure, responsibilities, and linear time. Saturn is the 3D. And Pisces is a zodiac sign. And I'm not talking about people who have the sun in Pisces. To be clear, I'm talking about the zodiac sign of Pisces is an energy that is primarily concerned with timelessness, formlessness, imagination, interconnection, empathy, big feelings, and flow, right? So Saturn is a container and Pisces loves to flow. This can be a lovely thing. This can be a lovely marriage or it can be a really stressful one because Saturn wants to contain the beautiful and often majestic waters of Pisces. Saturn and Pisces can trigger burnout or can empower us to create a practice around coping with the burnout that we've been feeling from recent years. And I don't need to tell you, there's a lot of fucking things to feel burnt out by in recent years. And so, you know, I can't help but see this full moon in Virgo happening, you know, within hours of Saturn moving into Pisces, and Saturn moves into Pisces at 535 a.m. Pacific time, so uh, just, just over an hour after the full moon, right? That this theme of boundaries and moderating our energy and intentions is huge for this transit of Saturn in Pisces. And if I can think of the most constructive thing to focus on as we are in the earliest stages of Saturn in Pisces, is your boundaries. Your boundaries from the inside out. Because boundaries are a practice and Saturn loves a fucking practice. Saturn is down to do labor-intensive work. Saturn is all about routines, right? And Pisces is about the inner landscape. So pointing your kind of attention and energy in that direction works well with this energy instead of fighting this energy, which many of us will do anyways, because fucking life, right? The transit of Saturn in Pisces can help us to heal rigidity and loneliness, dissolve old structures, cultivate a more spiritually informed understanding of our responsibilities to ourselves and to others. And this includes becoming more activated and integrated around community care, which you know we desperately need in many ways Or Saturn in Pisces can have us looking for easy answers to nuanced questions, giving away our power because we want somebody to take care of things, right? This can leave us open to cults and fascism and false prophets. The transit of Saturn in Pisces can bring us a deconstruction of religion and spirituality or a loss of self within religion and spirituality, it's important not to give away your power and not to assume that there is any one person or any one way that will absolve you of your pain. And who amongst us doesn't want that? I mean, doesn't that sound nice to be like, oh, this person has all the answers. I'll just do what they say. But we want to really notice that kind of thinking or those kinds of feelings and not act from them to the best of our ability. Saturn and Pisces can coincide with the rise in, again, cults and Christian nationalism, which we're already seeing all of this all over. It can also coincide with the rise of popularity of socialism and communism. What we want to do is pay attention to these things in the world, yes, but also pay attention to these larger themes within ourselves, how we relate to sharing our resources right? In this material world we live in. How we relate to a difference in belief, our capacity for empathy and care for others, not just theoretically, but in practice. Because again, Saturn is linear time. It's the 3D. So how can we take our beautiful spiritual ideas and beliefs and actually fucking embody them? How can we act on them? Unfortunately, this transit can coincide with spiritual bypassing. For a lot of us, we have a lot of really big spiritual concepts, but we keep it on the meditation mat or, you know, in our dear diary or with our witchy friends, but we're not embodying it day to day to day. So we want to be real careful. If, if that is a description of you, you want to be really careful that you're walking your talk, you're owning your spirituality and living with it in an integrated way. Because Saturn always wants us to take responsibility for ourselves. And Pisces is not a zodiac sign that is the most comfortable with that. Pisces lives in the 12th house, right? And what that means is Pisces is all about how everything is interconnected, everything is a part of everything. And that can lead, again, to spiritual bypassing, not taking responsibility for the self, or it can lead to like pure fucking Mary Poppins end of the movie magic where everything is interconnected and healing occurs from a spiritual, magical place into the practical and material, right? It can go either way. And for a lot of us, it'll go all the ways. But we want to be aware that this is the work. On a more social level, we really do want to pay attention to COVID. Why COVID, you may ask? Well, first of all, we're dealing with Saturn. So Saturn is the government and it's like systemic responses to things, Pisces is related to the immune system. So many people are immune compromised as a result of this disease that we still don't understand. And so we have this immune system deregulation that even very mild or asymptomatic cases can provoke. This is very Saturn in Pisces. How will the system respond to it? What kind of support is in place? One more thing I'm going to say about Saturn in Pisces. This transit tests how well we cope with reality, right? And we all have a different idea of what is real and what's not. But if you have a spiritual practice, if you have a therapist and a mental health practice, this is a good thing to keep in mind that this is the next two and a half years because Saturn stays in each zodiac sign for approximately two and a half years. So this is what's up. This is what we can expect. If you know this is coming, you can empower yourself with whatever kinds of support you may need to, you know, manage this with the greatest grace possible. So show yourself some damn grace. Try to show grace to others as we all bumble through this transit of Saturn in Pisces. Now that brings us to the 11th. And on the 11th, we have three exact transits happening, okay? The first one is a Venus sextile to Mars. Now, because of the speed of Venus and Mars, this transit happens somewhat frequently. It is a lovely transit, not too spectacular in its effects. It's good for socializing, hooking up, flirting, making art, making love, um, and it's just a, it's a, you know, it's like kind of a feel good spark kind of transit. And in particular, you're going to feel this one if you have planets at around 23, 24 degrees of any sign that is aspected by Aries, which Venus is in Aries, or Gemini, which Mars is in Gemini. Okay. So get out there and be playful or stay home and be playful, whatever floats your boat. But this is just a sweet little transit that honestly, I think in the context of the other transits we have going on, it's not especially, uh, you know, loud, but you definitely want to tap into the vibes if you can. On the same day, we've got a Mercury sextile to Uranus. Now, I'll say the Venus sextile to Mars is exact at 7.05 a.m. and the Mercury sextile to Uranus is exact at 1.04 p.m. This is all Pacific time. Mercury sextile to Uranus is another absolutely lovely transit. Mercury and Uranus are the two planets that relate to our mind, you know, like our nervous system and our our thinking. And so Mercury sextile to Uranus can bring about brilliance. Like you have an idea and it just like comes together. You shift your perspective and it opens up what seems possible. You are able to communicate with others more freely. You find yourself being witty, smart, charming or Feeling charmed by someone else who you find kind of exciting, right? So, this is just a lovely transit that can bring a spark of creativity and excitement into your daily life. This is a great time to get out there and mingle. This is a great time to, you know, text a friend you haven't talked to in a while. Basically, it's a great time for socializing. If you are a student, a thinker, uh, you know, a writer, fucking excellent transit for expanding your thoughts shifting your ability to communicate effectively, that kind of good stuff. So, you know, be open. And if you are somebody who likes to do spiritual work, this can be kind of an exciting day for doing that because of this transit, but also because of all three of the transits that are exact on this date. Again, there's no downside of this transit. Mercury sextile to Uranus is great for your thinking, great for your relationships. It's not specifically going to increase your concentration, but once you get in the right frame of mind, if you have to like study or do something that requires your full attention, if you're interested, it keeps things sparkly and exciting. So definitely another transit to pay attention to. And this transit, we have Mercury in Pisces at 16 degrees and Uranus in Taurus at 16 degrees. I mean, if you're being exact, it's 15 degrees and 54 minutes, but we'll we'll round up to 16. Okay, and that brings us to the final and certainly strongest of the three exact transits on the 11th of March. And this is a Jupiter conjunction to Chiron exact at 1053 p.m. Pacific time. So depending on where you are, it might be happening, you know, on on the 12th. Jupiter conjunction to Chiron is a very big deal transit. And it's exact at 14 degrees of Aries. Now, depending on what orb we use, whether it's a three or a seven degree orb to look at this transit, uh, we have been feeling this from February 23rd and we'll feel it until March 29th with that three degree orb. But if you consider it with a seven degree orb, we're feeling it from February 6th until April 12th. So either way, it's a little chunk of time here, right? And Jupiter conjunction to Chiron is a very important transit. Whenever we're dealing with Chiron, and again, we can apply this to our individual lives or the collective, right? We are dealing with our wounds. And in Aries, we are relating this to our wounds around embodiment, uh, identity, sense of self, entitlement, that kind of stuff, right? Jupiter expands things. And so, yes, Jupiter can bring healing. And so many astrologers absolutely associate Jupiter with luck and optimism and growth. And it can be those things. But in my experience, it's not inherently those things. So Jupiter conjunction to Chiron can represent a time where our perspective is expanded. And that empowers us to achieve greater healing in places within ourselves or in society that are really fucked up. That are really suffering because of past experiences. But to be fair, Jupiter makes things bigger. That's what it does. It expands things. And so sometimes if we go too far too fast in the wrong direction, we can make a thing bigger, but it's not necessarily a well-adjusted coping mechanism. So we're back to the theme of boundaries. Make sure you're checking in with yourself in this period, especially if you have anything around 14 degrees of a cardinal sign. And cardinal signs are Aries, Libra, Cancer, and Capricorn. You want to really pay attention to make sure that where you're putting your energy and what you're making bigger is a well-adjusted coping mechanism. Because our potential for healing under a Jupiter-Chiron conjunction, are, it's just vast is vast, but we don't want to leave it all to lady luck. We want to be a part of our own rescue, you know? So do your best to explore your own psyche. Do your best to participate in this healing opportunity by exploring what's possible, where healing can occur, or where you've already achieved the beginnings of your healing, but need to do more work around embodiment and integration, right? Because Jupiter is related to synthesis, Chiron is our wounding, and Aries is related to embodiment. So there's a lot of opportunity here. And again, it's incumbent upon us as individuals to do the work to make the most of this energy. And that, my friends, is your horoscope. It is a lot It is a lot this week. And so, as I said last week, make sure that you're tending to yourself and you're supporting yourself around this influx of energy. And in particular, because of the fact that things are changing and they're changing quick. I'm going to run through the transits one time briefly for you. On the 6th, we have an exact sun sextile to Uranus. On the 7th, we have a full moon in Virgo at 4.40 a.m. Pacific time. And Saturn ingresses into Pisces. On the 11th, Venus forms an exact sextile to Mars, Mercury forms an exact sextile to Uranus, and Jupiter conjoins Chiron in Aries. I want to thank you this week and every week for tuning into Ghost. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Please do. It does make a huge difference for this podcast. And, you know, if you if you get value from the show, definitely uh, give us a review or a five-star rating. It is hugely appreciated. Have a really good week, take care of yourself and others, and I will talk to you in just a couple of days. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.